Welcome to the Black Theater History Podcast. I'm KB Sane, and today we've got sort of a special edition of the podcast for you. We'll hear a staged reading of Kinship, a 10-minute play by Barbara and Carlton Millette. Barbara and Carlton Millette have left a lasting legacy on our American Black Theater canon. Among many other achievements, they were the 2013 recipients of the National Black Theater Festival's Living Legend Award and the Ethel Wilson Award for their play Legacy. Together, they wrote two books, Black Theater, Premise and Presentation, and Afrocentric Theater. Members of the Dramatist Guild since 1971, their playwriting collaborations began with Rosalie Pritchett, which was presented by the Negro Ensemble Company, the Free Southern Theater, and several university theaters, and was published by Dramatist Play Service and also in Black Writers of America. Their musical, Dr. B.S. Black, written in collaboration with Charles Mann, was produced at Atlanta's Peachtree Playhouse by Theater of the Stars, and also at Just Us Theater with Samuel L. Jackson in the title role. It was later featured at theaters in Washington, D.C., in Houston, and in Memphis. Their play Fortunes of the Moor premiered in New York at the Frank Silvera Writers' Workshop, and later at over a dozen venues, including the National Theater of Ghana, Chicago's ETA Creative Arts, and at universities, including Western Michigan, Brown, Ohio State, and the universities of Louisville, Pittsburgh, and Connecticut. Other full-length plays of theirs include Noah's Ark, Bougie, Our Short Stay, Presidential Timber, and Prudence. Premieres of their 10-minute plays include Out of Time at New York's Turtle Productions in 2011, Move the Car in 2012 at the Warehouse Performing Arts Center in North Carolina, T-Shirt History at Atlanta's Essential Theater in 2012, A Fond Farewell at Greenbrier Valley Theater here in West Virginia in 2014, Last Supper in 2016, and Kinship in 2014 at Houston's Fade to Black Festival. Dr. Barbara Millette went to join the ancestors this past March. She was an award-winning playwright and university professor, born on January 31st, 1940 in Los Angeles, California. Barbara was an amazing, kind, warm, talented, and beautiful woman who touched many lives, including my own, with her intellect, vision, wit, compassion, and grace. She was a model, an actress, a scholar, a sculptor, a painter, a costume designer, and a prolific writer who was very passionate about travel. Barbara was a university professor whose influence spanned five continents in 50 years. She personally attended Spelman College and received her bachelor's from Florida A&M University. She was the first MFA in theater from Florida State University, and she received her PhD from the University of Missouri. She retired as Professor Emerita at the Eastern Connecticut State University, where she served as the chair of the English department. Very recently, Barbara and Carlton received Lifetime Achievement Awards from the Atlanta Black Theater Festival, the National Black Theater Festival, and the Black Theater Network. At the 2017 BTN Conference in Winston-Salem, Barbara's life was celebrated with staged readings that included Move the Car and Kinship. Carlton has been very kind and has allowed the Black Theater History Podcast to record one of his and Barbara's popular 10-minute plays for us to share with our listeners. With Sierra Flankingshelt as Angie, Jasmine Logan as Eva, Catherine Douglas as Lucille, Sydney Goodman as Martha, 
Douglas Jameson as Wendell, and Sierra Garrett reading our stage directions and providing our stage management. I present to you all our dreams. Our Dreams, a 15-minute play by Barbara and Carlton Mollett. Cast. Lucille, late 50s, co-owner of the M&L Cafe, widow whose husband died of pneumonia due to working conditions for sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee. Martha, late 50s, co-owner of M&L Cafe, never been married. Angie, in her 30s, married to Wendell. They have three children, the senior employee at the M&L Cafe. Wendell, in his late 30s, married to Angie, a sanitation worker recently injured on the job. Eva, in her 20s, a student at the local junior college by day and a waitress at the M&L Cafe in the evening. Her fiancé is currently serving in Vietnam. The setting is the combination pantry storage room break room at the L&M Cafe near the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. The play's only scenic requirements are two or three chairs and a table. At Rise... Around 4.30 p.m., Lucille and Martha are finishing one of Martha's pies. All afternoon, they have been preparing for Dr. King and his party to have dinner at the cafe. Dr. King is in Memphis to lead a rally and march on behalf of, of the sanitation workers who are striking for safer working conditions and better pay. Martha, that sweet potato pie yours is to die for. I sure hope Dr. King enjoys my pie as much as you do. He will. I know he will. One of these days, I'm going to find out what you put in that pie of yours. I've never been able to make my pie taste like yours. You just put lots of cream, lots of butter, lots of spices. <laughs> what about the sweet potatoes? You just put a little bit of sweet potato. <laughs> Angie enters from the kitchen. Got the greens on simmering. Anything else you want me to do? No, Angie, I really appreciate you fixing them extra greens. No problem. This march is a blessing for all of us. I'm so proud to have Dr. Martin Luther King eating my greens. We all proud. Since you don't need me right now, I'm going home to see about my kids. Need to make sure they're doing their homework. I'll be back in time to help serve. You really keep close tabs on your kids. Have to. Otherwise, they could be out there with them kids that did all that looting when Dr. King led the march last month. It's a shame the way those kids give the whole community a bad name. We try to make better place for them, and they out there tearing up people's property. Only thing they think about is themselves. They had no business killing that boy. Should have been breaking windows and looting. They want to be part of the movement. They just don't know how to behave. Before the march, Dr. King's people had training classes and everything. Did any of those kids go to the classes? Mm. Nonviolence is hard work. How are they going to learn to be doctors, nurses, teachers, plumbers, businessmen and women? We got your point. Angie... Go on home. We can handle what's left. You sure? I'm sure. Eva will be here any minute. Don't forget to put the cornbread in the oven. Eva can do that when she gets here. I put tea towels over the pans. They should be fine. Do we have enough butter to go on that cornbread? You sure do like your butter. Everything tastes better with some butter on it. If you need me sooner, just call me at home. Wendell can stay with the kids. Angie accepts. That Wendell sure is a hard-working man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Built Angie a nice house. Each one of the kids has a bedroom. Bless his heart. Now he can hardly work at all. That accident set him back all right. Didn't set him back as much as the ones that got killed. That garbage truck just squashed him. All they wanted to do was get out of the rain. That man had to know they was back there. Wasn't no reason to be running that packing thing. Makes me sick to my stomach every time I think about it. How's Wendell's leg? 
Well, you stop using the crutches. Seems to be doing okay without. I'll tell you one thing. That was no accident. That packing thing or whatever they call it. It's a packing arm. That thing nearly cut his leg off. When he saw it coming down, he started screaming at the driver. That white man didn't pay him no mind. The motor couldn't have been all that loud so he couldn't hear a grown man screaming in the back of the truck. After Leroy started banging on the window, I guess he figured he better turn that packing thing off. I ain't never heard of them keeping a colored man in the hospital that long. They know that machine didn't jam. If these crackers wasn't so prejudiced, Wendell could sue the city for a million dollars. I don't know. Those trucks are old. Probably 20 years. Do you think the city paid for his hospital bills and lost wages? Two weeks in the hospital and he still can't go back to work. Angie and Wendell have got to be struggling. Three kids to take care of and they still couldn't take that money out of that fund for the striking workers. They too proud for that. He too proud for his own good, if you ask me. He ain't never going to be able to work again. At least not that kind of work. There are a few jobs around here for colored men. And that's the truth. Wendell, walking with a limp, enters. Evening, Miss Martha. Miss Lucille. Evening, Wendell. How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for asking. And you left already. I just wanted to let her know I'm supposed to meet Dr. King over to the motel at 5 o'clock. They want some of the sanitation workers to talk about the working conditions at the rally. I guess you want us to know, too. Angie said she was going home to see about the kids. She'll be back directly. Dr. King is coming here for dinner. Here? The L&M Cafe? Ain't that something. We gonna serve dinner to Dr. King. Maybe after he get a taste of my sweet potato pie, he wanna shake my hand. I need to get a move on. Don't keep Dr. King waiting. No, ma'am. This march is gonna change things in Memphis. As Wendell exits. I sure hope so. These young men need a change. Hauling trash all your life ain't nobody ain't no way for nobody to I know. Honest work is honorable work. But they deserve better Your than- husband was a hard working man. He deserved better. They just warm out. Had dreams too. Just like other people have. Never realized the one when he was sick, he went to work. Barely crawled out of bed. No such thing as a sick day. No union. No respect. Things are going to get better, Lucille. I know. I just wish they hadn't gotten better before my Henry died. We got us a mighty warrior on our side now. Noises heard coming from the kitchen. What the? Who making that noise? Go get my gun, Lucille. From off stage. It's me, Eva. Oh, thank goodness it's you. I saw the trash bags by the door, so I took them out to the dumpster. How'd you get in? Eva enters. The back door was open. You need to announce yourself before you sneak in here like that. If I had my gun, you'd be dead by now. If you don't have a gun, don't be telling somebody to get your gun. What if I had a gun? Hush, Martha. You know Dr. King don't believe in violence. You don't have no gun, and if you did, you couldn't shoot the ears off an elephant with your arthritis and all. I didn't mean to scare y'all. Should have been here an hour ago. And you had to do some of your work. Sorry, number five bus was late again. You have too many irons in the fire, always rushing around. She's young, Martha. Too many irons in the fire? Just because I went to that rally in Chicago to hear Dr. King speak against the war in Vietnam? Isn't your young man coming home from Vietnam real soon? Any day now. All of us be praying for him to come home safe. Dr. King said that war is immoral. And you know those old white men in Washington didn't want, don't want to hear that kind of talk from a black man. They were okay with them talking about I have a dream. What's wrong with that? I have a dream too. Don't you have a dream? Of course I do. But that's not the point. But what is the point, Miss Know-It-All? You don't need to call nobody no name, Martha. I don't see what's wrong with I have a dream. Nothing wrong with it. But we got issues that need to be addressed. These white folks treat our sanitation workers like they still in slavery. 
Dr. King didn't come to Memphis to talk about no dream. He's here to get justice for black people. When did we get to be black people? In my day, you didn't dare no call but nobody black. Dr. King was up in a little town, I think it was in um, West Virginia, trying to get the poor white folks to see they just as oppressed as we are. I don't see why he got to worry about no white folk. They gonna take care of themselves. Poor white folks are in just as bad a shape as we are, and they don't even know it. A few white folks at the top keeping everything for themselves. Dr. King told them, the rich white folks got the poor white folks bamboozled. They ain't no better off than us. But the rich ones tell them they gotta keep us in our place. They ain't got no better sense than to believe that back door open. We've been sitting up in here. Anybody could have just came When your young man gets back from Vietnam and y'all get married, you can have your dinner party right here at the cafe. We still got some work to do before we open for dinner. Did you bring your almost new uniform? I did. That's nice. We want you to look real good when you serve Dr. King. Showing him we running, we running a nice quality place. Martha, you worry about the darndest thing. It's the impression that makes people remember who you are. It sure do smell good in the kitchen. We've been cooking all day. Hardly anybody was in here for lunch. They all wait until we open up for dinner so they can be here to see Dr. King. I hope we got enough to feed everybody. If Jesus could feed a multitude with five loaves of bread and five... How many people you suppose in a multitude? If Jesus could feed a multitude, we can feed this crowd with five pans of cornbread, greens, potato salad, coleslaw, mac and cheese, beans and rice, fried chicken... Don't forget about my sweet potato pie. I'm going to have to leave early tonight. Where you got to go to now? I promised Miss Lawson I would help serve a bridge club. You got to serve Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. tonight, and that white woman wants you to serve her at her car game. That woman got some kind of nerve. That's money in my pocket. I have to pay tuition every semester. Do what you got to do, Ava. And you should be back in time to help serve. I need to go put on my almost new uniform. When you get changed, uh, check the dining room. Angie did most of the setting up before she left. She wiped off the tables real good. And make sure all the salt and, paper, salt and pepper shakers are full. And check the napkins. Eva starts to go. Eva, uh, what time you leave? I guess about 8. The biggest crowd should be over by then. Angie can help to clean up. Wendell bangs on the back door and yells. Let me in! Miss LaSalle! Eva, uh, go let Wendell in. As Eva exits the back door. I'm coming, Wendell. Oh my God, Miss Martha! I hope nothing has happened to Angie. From off stage. What's wrong? Eva and Wendell enter. He's breathing heavily. It's, it's Doc, it's Dr. King. Dr. King? Did something happen? He's been shot. He's dead. A collective gasp fills the room. It can't be. It just can't be. Lord have mercy. What's going to happen to us now? Blackout, the end. That was our dreams by Barbara and Carlton Millett. Special shout out to Valicia Hines at Wayne State University Department of Theater and Dance. Many of the actors and actresses you heard on this recording came from her program. This is the Black Theater History Podcast. I'm KB Sane. Our music is by Kaya Caterhurst from the album Nine Pin, which can be found on iTunes and wherever else fine music is sold. The Black Theater History Podcast is made possible in part by Art 26201, to make a donation to the podcast or to learn about sponsorship or episode commissions, reach out to us at blacktheaterhistory.com. And while you're online, like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at Black Theater Pod for updates and information about the podcast. That's theater with an R-E. And listeners, you also make this podcast possible. 
Make sure to subscribe to the Black Theater History Podcast on iTunes. We're all in this together, and we've got a lot more to learn. Thanks for listening.